feel it coming in the air Yeah And the screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill Ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town We are live again. This is Kwamla Sports Talk. It's Tuesday morning. It is the 14th of February. I mean, it's a lot of good things happening in February, but today happened to be Valentine's Day. I don't know if you guys got a Valentine's plan. Mm-mm. Alex? Mm-mm. Alex is in the studio. We got uh, Cindy Liska. What, is that a Polish, you say? Polish name, last name. Alex Clancy. What's Clancy? That's a Jewish, huh? It's Irish. Irish, same thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a uh, Deborah Debris who's not here. She may be calling in, but she's going to the um, Riviera to Northern watch Trust. Uh, Northern Trust Riviera um, for a little golf. Uh, she has Andy Walker out there. Andy is a product of a uh, uh, Legacy. He works out at Legacy Golf Course, which is a good thing. So keep an eye out for that. She may call in, and we may get down and dirty with Deborah in the third segment. But we do have a. A uh, Clancy's Corner in the second segment is kind of what we want to talk about for most of the show. Um, and I will branch off here and there. I do want to say something about uh, Tom Brady who says um, he has one of the best receivers. He's a good guy. He's a good friend in the locker room and West Walker, which means Giselle, stay out of their business. Mm-hmm. That is the person in the business. And that was uh, a little ex- excerpt from what we did last week. But happy 4th of July. I mean, not 4th of July, Valentine's Day. Is this day any special than the 13th and the 15th? No. Anybody? Cindy, you need your mic on? Yeah, I'm making Do you need Turn the mic for, for Cindy so she can talk. No, it's not because I don't I don't put a lot of... I mean, it's, it's it's just a day. It's like if you get gifts all day, why do I have to give you a bunch of gifts on Christmas? It's not for you, though. Who's it for? It's for the significant other. It's for the... No, it's that's, not. That's crazy because what if you don't have one? Then... I, I don't know. And neg- it's just a regular day. Correct. It's a Hallmark holiday. It's a it's it's for people who write Hallmark cards and you know who who can generate big business by saying I love you in different ways. Okay. Okay. Well, sure. Let's, let's send you your mic on. If you're alone, okay. it makes you feel more alone. That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> and if you're with someone, they should be doing nice stuff for you all the time. So it shouldn't be a special one day thing. I think the. Uh, <laughs> the uh, people, <laughs> Alex, what you laughing? That's stupid. I, you know, that part is when you're alone, it makes you feel more alone. I think that's because uh, let me take it uh, a little further on that, because everybody's trying to do something special, and then somebody who is alone just think like, oh, maybe I should have somebody on this day. But what about the day before and then tomorrow? A lot of people, if they're smart, will go out and celebrate it. Like if they're going out to dinner, they'll go out a couple nights before, or the night before, or the night after, because they don't want to deal with all the melee cr- yeah. and crazy yeah. stuff. What's another day on? like this? Uh, where you go out um, Christmas Christmas no I don't think a lot of people a lot of people go out for Christmas did the restaurant thing for a long time and that was the, that was a trend a couple of days before Christmas was huge family yeah everybody yeah it's another day too that uh, everyone tried it oh maybe it's just the the rush of Christmas shopping you, you do it before Christmas or right after Christmas some families Christmas shop after um, Christmas mm-hmm. which you get better deals anyway all right, let's. I want to bore you for the next four or five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Valentine. Also, let me t- let me uh, tell you guys this. You may not know. Tomorrow is Deborah's birthday, so I don't think she's gonna be a young thirty again. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's Deborah Debris' birthday. Happy birthday! If we don't talk to you, um, uh, we're 
get a report from her from the Northern Trust, and uh, we'll keep an eye out on Andy Walker. Works out at the Legacy Golfer, uh, good stuff. He was on a big break. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that. Andy was on a big break. Uh, he did well. He he played well, hit some great shots. Uh, but, you know, it always comes down to a, with the in a big break, it always comes down to that tournament type of play. That They do a lot of different scenarios out there that has nothing to do with golf, but it sure. is a golf shot. Uh, speaking of golf, let's let's move into congratulations to Phil Mickelson, who who won at Pebble Beach, um, who was right there with Tiger. Now we've seen reversal, and a lot of things come before and after this. But you know, Tiger used to win these coming down to the wire. He's down by two or three. Uh, I think he was down by three or four at this point. But Phil just went on fire. I was happy to see Phil do that because that just tell you stay on course and what you're doing. It's a four day event. And Phil was nowhere to be found day one and two. Mm-hmm. But then he went, he catches a little fire, and he goes out, and he gets 14 under and, and has eagles. He went birdie, birdie, eagle, uh, par, birdie. And that's winning. That's trying to win golf tournaments on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, and the different thing with him about what he normally what he normally does when he wins tournaments is he takes huge chances. And if his chances, if he pulls through with his chances, uh, you know, going for a green and two, or, or trying some crazy uh, lob shot like he does because he you know he had a uh, a putting green and, and sand traps in his backyard so that's right. why he became the magician around the around the green but he just played fairways and greens golf and and ended up shooting a 64 higher than, or lower the lowest score out of anybody playing on the final day yeah and he ended up winning by two strokes and that's what you got to do when you get to a point when you got a lead like that sometimes all you have to do I know Tiger used to just make pars because uh, he was always watching the field he was the last to all because of what he did on Saturday. He can't. He he uh, showed up Sunday with a lead, maybe three or more strokes. So just watch the field, and all you gotta do is make pars. You don't have to do anything special or anything crazy. I always thought Tiger was the better golfer, and I always thought Phil had better imagination than Tiger. Tiger yeah. just make things work. Phil can think about it, and it just happens. And I thought he was the best ever around greens since I've been watching golf. Well, see, I mean, the thing that's always been different with Phil and Tiger is that Tiger picked golf first and his life second. And Phil's always had, his, you know, his family life, his two little girls, his wife. Again, we talked about, when we talked about Phil last time, about the, uh, about the uh, breast cancer thing going on yeah. with, with both of his, uh, his mom and his wife. And, uh, you know, now he's just, he's just playing golf and he's, getting, he's seen a sports psychiatrist, sports psychologist. <laughs> Deborah, Deborah. <laughs> and he should have got in there first. Uh, but um, yeah, he's he's just right in the ship, and he's just he's always been easy breezy. You know, he's never been he's never been super downtrodden when he loses. When he wins, it's a great thing. But Tiger's always every shot matters to him, and it, it changes his mood. Uh, you know, uh, because of it. I, I think you make a great point. Whereas uh, Tiger grew up in this golf thing, Phil did too. But Phil was more a family oriented guy. Who put family first? I think Tiger was raised to play golf since he was three. Since he was three years old, and that was his dad's doing. You be on a golf course, families will always be there before you. Phil was always intertwined with inter, uh, intervene with his family. Mm-hmm. Tiger was more. You go out there and golf. Golf is first, and you become the best golfer. And goal was accomplished, but then no one ever told him about life. Like Phil has life issues he can deal with because he's always been in a family situation. I don't think Tiger ever was taught. About life, I don't think he. And, and I go back to how Michael Jackson was. Everybody say Michael Jackson played with kids and hang out with kids, but he's never been a kid. So when you get older, you still have that stuff in you. Some people just don't grow up as fast as others, so you still do kid things. Then Tiger never got to experience um, 
hanging out and going to proms and all that stuff. Right, I mean, and the thing about TV, like, this is kind of off the topic a little bit, but, I mean, even, like, you look at Michael Jackson, you look at Britney Spears, you look at all these celebrities that have gone crazy, like, uh, That's crazy, quote-unquote, that, you know, Britney was in whatever, the Mouseketeer, whatever, whatever it was, um, when she was little, and she's been in the spotlight ever since, she's never had a, a real life, and Phil Mickelson's been a genius with being able to separate his family life with with being in the public eye, and Tiger was never able to do that because he was married, married uh, the nanny who could have been, a, you know, a model, whatever. Like that was what he wanted. That's what society told him that, you know, to to keep a high ranking in society, you're going to marry a, a stunning woman. It doesn't matter if if you're in love or not. And then look what happened. Yeah, because I don't think anything had to do with love. I think that was just to keep up his image. That had nothing to do with love. I I, I would put anything on it. Um, but you're right. You make good points where. You know, you, you're already the best in the world, so try to get the best in the world. I didn't see her as the best in the world. I don't even see her. I don't even put her in the top ten. <laughs> I don't even put her in the top fifty. I can uh, think of some 1970s women that better than her today. But you know what? The point is, was keep up that image, um, get the best in the world, and move forward. It didn't have anything to do with it. Tiger was playing all year long. It's kind of like uh, basketball and baseball players. They've all, they've gone all year long. Football guys come home every week. Um, and not to say that they still family guys, but baseball, basketball, golfers—they're gone all year. Right. Uh, and but Phil was able to separate the the two of uh, what he did for a living and what he was going to do forever, and that's his family. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to Phil. Really, we got into some other stuff, but congratulations to Phil, Phil Mickelson for winning the um, Pebble Beach. Guy came out. He's very consistent. I'm, I was good. It was good to see him win. Yeah, and, and another thing was not to not to take away anything from his win, but everybody folded in front of him. Everybody. Charlie, we had to Charlie, leave we two went, weeks. Right? He, went, he went double. He went double on the first and bogey on the second, and that was it. That was it. I he mean, was never. I mean, he he shot a sixty-one in the first round, so it you know it kind of leveraged him. Mm-hmm. Put up two sixty-nines in the middle, and then shot a seventy-two in the third round. Just I mean, even you know Aaron Baddeley made a run, and Dustin Johnson made a run. There's just people that were around, but never. That never moved up, and Phil just birdie, 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 par, birdie, birdie, and, and I ended think, up. Um, I think it's easy to make a run as opposed to holding on to that lead. Yeah. So Phil made a run oh, yeah. and got that lead. He started night. He's six shots back. Six shots back. That was incredible. Uh, kind of like the previous week, uh, previous two weeks, we had an Jeez. incident. A guy, a guy destroys his lead, then come back from a, a three, a six shot deficit, and to win the the Waste Management Phoenix Open mm-hmm. uh, is. This is what I like to see in golf, where guys just come out of nowhere. And Phil Mix is not one of those guys that come out of nowhere because he's he has the talent to be in those um, in those uh, games on Sundays. Right. But you just see guys come out of nowhere from six strokes back, which is good for golf, which is good for the, the television revenue as well. So, um, but yeah, congratulations to that guy. Uh, he deserves a win. Um, you know, he played with Tiger and he he got it done. Tiger, yeah. Tiger, in my opinion, still working on some stuff. He still pissed me off when he was just missing all his putts. I don't, I don't know what his focus. He needs some girlfriends. He, you know, he just needs. He needs to get because the allure of of his focus is gone. Like on Sundays, he, you know, he had that crazy streak of you know if you're leading after 54 holes, then him not giving up the lead. But you know it's gone. And Phil Mickelson has played with it the last five times Phil's played with him. He's scored better and finished better. Yeah. So I mean, Phil, Phil is just given. Phil doesn't feel anything towards. Towards Tiger in the in the you know uh, being scared of him or anything oh, he has no, it for no, a long no. time. No, I don't. I don't think he did need. I think he probably was, pumps him up. It probably pumped him up on Sunday to right. play with Tiger. Be like, yo, I'm gonna stick it to him. Phil, if Tiger, if Tiger's the best in the world, and Phil, if he's the best in the world, I think Phil would want to play with him 
every Sunday if he's the best. And that's the competitiveness he has in himself, not because that's Tiger. Okay, everyone thinks he's the best in the world. Well, the the 20th guy in the world can beat Tiger if he not not when Tiger was. Not Tiger now or Tiger then, but you 20th in the world. You have some skills. You're not 20th in the world for any other reason, but you're good. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot to just hitting golf balls. Mentally, you got to be strong, too. Sure. So the 20th guy in the world can beat Tiger or Phil any given Sunday. But, you you know, it was that aura of Tiger's on the prowl or Tiger's just, I'm playing with Tiger Woods. It wasn't Tiger. It was that crowd that followed you. Those guys don't get that crowd. Mm-hmm. When that whole, when the, everybody in the on the course is following you, watching you, and they there and they man, you man, it is a nervous feeling. Sure. And I've never been in that um I mean I've been nervous playing golf before. I'm like, why am I nervous? This is crazy. Then I just I think about how many people I played in front of and I say, it's just like that. So you you got mentally you gotta be able to block people out. You gotta be able to block things out and concentrate on the moment. Um and I think that's what a lot of the top guys do. Yeah, and I'm sure that it was tough for Charlie Weed playing behind Tiger, and because uh, Tiger and Phil were the second to last group, mm-hmm. Charlie Weed played in the last group, and they had to wait for all of the crowd, you know, to cross the fairway and whatnot. So I'm sure it got, it got him out of his rhythm, and he saw two of the top g- golfers in the world of uh, of you know of a lifetime of the lifetime of golf. Just yeah. what, just you know, he he always had to score better than them, and he definitely folded because of it. Well, and you know, I also want to talk about this. I want to talk about Jeremy Lamb. I know we're going to have this in Clancy's Corner coming up in the next segment within uh, two minutes. But is he getting that Tebow hype now? Because I'm, I'm, I believe in, I believe Jeremy Lamb is that good. I believe he's good enough. I think he felt in the right situation. These are my opinions. I don't want to uh, really explore too much into it uh, before we really get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But he fell into the right situation. You can work hard all your life. And you may never get your goal, get to what you want, or you can you, you can study for uh, one thing and then happen to make winnings in others. You happen to do well in other things. A lot of people go to college and have degrees, and they have jobs that has nothing to do with their degree. Jeremy Lin uh, was <laughs> looked over for years and years. Uh, unfortunately, you go for those big names, and you don't see Jeremy Lin as a big name, a guy from Harvard. Mm-hmm. But then he comes out, and situations happen where. Amari Starmeyer was out. Amari Starmeyer uh, and Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony was out. He comes in. He just go. Well, he comes in on different circumstances because he has nothing to lose. Right. But he has that Tebow height. Well, I think the Tebow thing. Tebow. Well, he's in New York as well. Sure. The thing with Tebow is what Tebow did for the first six six weeks. There's a lot less football games in the season than there are in basketball. So five basketball games in a row where he did well is, is it, it's to... no, not at all. Because that's you know that's whatever that's like thirty five percent of the season or forty percent of the season six games and he did all that plus it's all hi- it's the hype it's the Tebow hype you're right the word is hype it has nothing to do with bettering your team yeah granted they've won five in a row since he's been playing but they're still only the eighth seed in the in the East it's not like that he's took them from the from the sixth seed and bumped <laughs> them all the way up it's not it's not like that no it's not and but he's he, he's it's part of the D'Antoni system it is that's so one and it, if you open up the middle which Carmelo and uh, and Amari usually clog. A lot of things can happen with somebody that can dribble the ball, that can finish mid range, and they can dish and, and play the pick and roll. I think this is the greatest thing. Uh, I won't say greatest. I think this is one of the better things that's happening to the New York Knicks this year or in a while, in the past five, six years of Jeremy Lin coming in. And then those uh, those two guys, those superstars, Stoudemire and uh, Anthony, understanding what they have. Now, do they adjust their game to him or he adjusts their game to them? I think you let this guy play basketball and then. Put uh, Anthony at the two. If and you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna come back at the break. 
<laughs> We're going to get it. Go ahead. You can get it in real quick. If uh, Mario Stoudemire couldn't play with Steve Nash around his game, do you think he's going to play with Jeremy Lin? Hey, this is what made Amari. Steve Nash Yeah, and then Amari. he's like, get me out. I'm not getting paid enough. Well, he wasn't getting paid. You gave his money. He hey. took $5 million extra dollars. you got to be kidding me. Over six Former years. Sports talk. Here he go again. Talking about some out of money. I can't wait till you get rich. I can't you know, stand him. You can't stand people making money. We'll be back well, after uh, we'll 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 Why are you personally talking about No, no, that's not that's <laughs> Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. flagship station for sports voice america sports hey welcome back to the common live sports call second segment we got clancy corner i just i do want to mention the um I did play Whisper Rock, one of Phil Mickelson's home courses oh, when yeah? he's out in the valley. It was awesome. I uh, bet. So I want to thank Mike Ferraro for that, getting me out of Whisper Rock. Um, it was great, man. I'm going back out there, too. It was. We had two caddies. I thought one of the caddies was a complete idiot. When he wouldn't shut up. I don't, don't tell me how to putt. I can figure out my putting, uh, but he just talked the whole time. As you put it <laughs> off the green? One of the times <laughs> I did. It was, you're right. One of the time, <laughs> Part three, I'm on. In, I'm on. After my first shot, tough course. So I'm putting from it. It is. I played the lower course too, which is the tougher mm-hmm. one. I want to play it again, but I'm gonna walk next time. So I played Whisper Rock, and uh, that's probably why Phil Mickelson won because I was at his home course um, playing playing Whisper Rock. And, and then Cindy made a good point about uh, last year the centric that uh, Cindy. You want to talk about it because you you got your mic on, or you shut your mic on, or lock you out, one or the other. Um. <laughs> No, I was just saying that at the Accenture, was last year or the year before that, he was um, flying home. He'd play during the day, then he'd fly back to California at night when his mom and his wife were both dealing with their breast cancer issues. And it's got to be distracting, but he still is pretty successful. But he's one of those guys, like uh, Alex was saying, that could separate the two. You mean, mm-hmm. And uh, the top guy... that'll get if, anybody. Yeah, Breast cancer will get anybody. Oh, he just, oh, he yeah. just dropped off the face of the earth for a couple months. And he should have. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, he should have. Anybody got a uh, illness or sickness that you have to tend to and we so-called don't have a cure for, and I apologize, we'll get into Clancy Corner, but we got we got three segments, two no more problem. segments. No problem. Um, <clears throat> anytime... You have uh, something that terminal like that. It wasn't just his wife. 
and it was his mother, and you can lose both of them at any time. Uh, fortunately, they they came through it. That they they beat the cancer. Uh, but he's one of those guys. When you see the top guys in the world at what they do, and I'm not just talking about sports. It could be at uh, any business. It could be at McDonald's. Not the one by my house though. Um, you can see them focus. You can see them retrain their focus. You can see them separate the the one from the other. Um, and get the job done. And Fields, Fields is one of those, definitely one of those guys. Ment- you talk about how strong Tiger is mentally. Phil, if not stronger, is just as strong as Tiger mentally. He nothing bothers him because I I didn't like Phil for a long time when he had that stupid goofy look on his face. But Phil, you know what it was? It was that uh, Eli Manning look. Nothing <laughs> bothers me. Yeah. I'm gonna go about my business. You gonna like me? You not? That's not gonna separate me from this team. What I do for a team. And in golf, you'd like to think it's not a team. But he has one of the best caddies in the world in yeah. Bones. Um, That's another thing. I'm sure they fight, but he didn't just fire him. Yeah. Like he like Steve like he fired Steve like Tiger fired Steve Williams and all that crap. Now you yeah you. I'm I, I, think I you remember we talked about Steve Williams and I and I took Steve, Steve Williams inside. Uh huh. Go ahead. And, and and then now <laughs> I don't know why I brought it up because Adam Scott has the jack since he was over there and since he won that one tournament he should have won it was all in the hypeness it was he should have won Adam Scott is a good golfer now don't 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 sleep on Adam he's a good golfer I like the guy. but caddies can only do so much is the point caddies shouldn't talk that's what I was saying when I played at Whisper Rod this guy was talking my ears off shut up shut up and read the putts I don't, I don't need you I don't need you telling me how to golf I'm here I can play with you you told him to read the putts but you you you, you no, don't want I didn't to tell him read the putts that's what he was there uh, for yeah. tell us what I'm like I don't need you. I can play golf. I'm, I'm a low handicap where I can figure this out myself. And I figured out I can play better. If I got you talking on every hole, you're not Steve Williams or, or Bones, who, who's one of the, as, as I mentioned. Absolutely. But, you know, Phil Mickelson is that guy. They they argue. And Steve, and Tiger fired his caddy because his caddy was running his mouth. And then he's writing books. And then he's saying crazy things. If, if you're my caddy for 10, 15 years. And I'm doing something crazy, and you don't like what I'm doing. You ought to come talk to me and say, I don't know if I can be a part of this. i got to get out of this, or keep your mouth shut. But again, that th- that is linked to them staying out of the spotlight as much as possible. Well, that was Unless Tiger. you know golf, you don't know, uh, you don't know Phil Mickelson's caddy's name. Unless right. you know golf. If you're right. watching, you know, people know who Steve Williams is. Because he's the loudmouth, uh, you know, the loudmouth <laughs> caddy. The, the, B- bigger than the golfers. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's... It, it's all about it's all about presentation of, of how you want to be looked at in the media. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he was you know he does a whole lot of things. He wanted to be the superstar too, and I think in his own right, Steve Steve Williams is a good caddy. He is pretty good. I like what he does, but I don't like the things you do when things don't go your right way. You his great his college fund probably looks pretty good by now because of Tiger. Yeah, but let him tell it. He did all the work. Yeah. Clancy's corner. Let's get into it. All right. <laughs> uh, I guess it's inevitable. Lynn Credible, Linderella, Lynn Sanity are the three most spoken words in the sports world over the past two weeks. Jeremy Lynn has brought the biggest buzz to New York since 96 when Eddie Franklin, a diehard Knicks fan, gets chosen out of the crowd to come down to, to the court, shoot a free throw, and because she made it, she gets to sit on the bench for the rest of the game. And she ends up being the, you know, the Knicks coach in, in the movie Eddie. That's, this has been the biggest buzz since then. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. I think that won an Oscar, too. It's a really, really good movie. I don't know about the Oscars. <laughs> uh, you know, people need to calm down. They need to, they need to relax. He's played five games. Granted, in the first three starts, he scored 89 points, which is the most ever in the NBA since the merger. But you don't, people that don't follow don't understand. Why is he playing? Like, Why was he given more time at that given time? Why did they go away from Tony Douglas, who was starting for a lot of the year? February 7th was the deadline of if they wanted to keep him or not. 
and they wanted to pay him. So Mike D'Antoni probably went to the GM and was like, you know, we should give him a shot before we just get rid of him like Golden State did, who actually signed him because he was undrafted like uh, my co-host Kwame Lasseter. And he came in, and now, now he's the talk of the town. So they let him play. And, and look what's look what's happening so far. And uh, it, it, through the whole thing, he's already punched his ticket to the All Star Game next year because he's got the Yao Ming effect. So all of China's going to vote for him. Absolutely. So if, if he doesn't play a whole game next, even if he doesn't play one game next year, he'll be an All Star. But now the question is, what's going to happen when Melo and Amari come back? You know, will they, will they play around Jeremy Lin's game? That's ridiculous. Should we trade Carmelo Anthony? That's ridiculous. He's played five games. He's averaged, the last game, he shot 8 for 24. He had 8 assists, 20 points, 8 assists. Shot 8 for 24, though, when a team put a defensive scheme around stopping him. So, the one thing I need to say is relax and just see what happens. You know, I hope he's the real, I, I do hope he's the real deal, though. You know, uh, one thing, though, I think Lynn Sanity is a disservice to the initial guy who was called with the insanity at the end, Vince Sanity, Vince Carter. Lynn Sanity is the media attention around him. Vinsanity was because he was a freak of nature talent who could dunk the ball from half court seemingly, jump through the roof. Uh, You know, the stats don't lie yet, but when Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire come back, the middle of the court, what Jeremy Lin has thrived on up to this point, is going to be clocked. Mike D'Antoni's system is going to go out the window as it has the whole year. But, you know, one very, very positive thing, forget his numbers, forget everything, forget all the hype. He's won, they've won five in a row since he's been playing, and he's brought them from out of playoff contention, I think they were the 12th or 13th in the East, into the 8th seed. So now they're starting to move forward, and hopefully Carmelo and, uh, hopefully Carmelo and Amare will be able to kind of at least allow him into their group and allow them, uh, allow him to play with them, otherwise they're going to go right back in the cellar. If those guys don't do that, and, and good good Clancy's corner, if those guys don't do that, then they're not trying to win a basketball game. It is uh, it is the media. He's in New York, undrafted. Now, again, I, we talk about this on the show all the time. If I am part of the media and I can market this guy, I'm going to market this guy. Oh, absolutely. I don't have to do anything with him oh, yeah. playing or anything. I don't have to do – I don't have to put him on the court, put him in the roster. Now, if I'm the coach, and I'm getting my – they play in Toronto tonight, and they get Amari back. Mm-hmm. About two or three games later, they'll get uh, Carmelo back. Right. I'm putting him. I think Amari strived in this offense when he was with D'Antonio in, out here in mm-hmm. Phoenix with the Suns. And Lynn, who's uh, he's not a, a um, what's the guard? Um, I can't even think Steve of Nash? Steve Nash. I'm sorry, Steve Nash. <laughs> Don't be afraid to call in and, and chew me out. Uh, he's not the uh, Steve Nash, but he has some similar – characteristics of Steve Nash. He can get into the point. Now, he hasn't perfected all his game yet because, again, when the a child. He, exactly. He's still young in this game. You just don't come from college and be a superstar more times than not. Um, but he has the, uh, the ability to move the ball up in the court. Mm-hmm. I think Amari can do that. I think the other guys, uh, Chandler can do that, mm-hmm. run up and down the court. It remains to, seen, to be seen if Carmelo can. Now, if Carmelo don't have to have the ball, if he goes to the number two instead of holding number one down, put Lynn, keep Lynn at number one, then I think it's fine because now he can get up the court on the wing and they can run that uh, fast-paced offense, now tighten up their defense, and they win games. So the thing with the Suns and the Steve Nash and the uh, Mark D'Antonio mm-hmm. with the Phoenix Suns, they would run everyone out the gym, and that's how they play defense. 
But then when it came down to the playoffs, when everyone slows things down, mm-hmm. like half court offense, half court offense, when Dallas came, uh, San Antonio, when the Lakers came, they would slow things down. Mm-hmm. And then you, they, the big man they have, the Suns couldn't compete with them. But I think the New York Knicks have uh, enough big men up there in the front court where they can compete in the half court game. They got um, they got the weapons over there. Jerry, why not expound on the uh, the media or the the emergence of uh, Jeremy Lin and what he's doing? Well, here's the thing. Mike D'Antoni has sculpted the Knicks around. Now he has the Suns in the East, adding one huge factor, which is Tyson Chandler. Because the Suns, when they were when they were making the playoffs every year, when they were getting deep, they had Amari, and they were trying to make Amari play center, which isn't fair to the team so, or maybe. to Amari. So Amari can play his, his natural four position where he could stretch the defense. You have Tyson Chandler, the anchor on defense, and the guy that can finish around the basket and rebound, Jeremy Lin, at, at point now, we'll see how long it lasts. I mean, you have Baron Davis coming back from injury, so he can be a good backup, or they could flop and have Jeremy come off the bench. You have Landry Fields and Iman Shumpert, two really young guys. Landry Fields started all of last year, came from Stanford uh, as a rookie, and the really the real X factor is Carmelo. If he doesn't let the ball die in his hand like he does, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't pass the ball. He will shoot the he will shoot out of a slump when he's not a pure shooter. He has learned he has taught himself that mid range game. Now he's one of the pure scorers in the game, but he's always been a slasher. He's he can always stretch the defense a little bit, but I think Amari has a better has a better eighteen footer than Carmelo does standing still. So if if Carmelo can play as a team with everybody, have, be a good teammate, which he can't, he won't be able to. Then it'll go well, but I really think that Carmelo, if they're going to move somebody, it will be him. Uh, you know what I want to do? I want to expand on this. Is good stuff. He's a coach killer and he's a team killer. Carmelo, That's what I'm gonna say. yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that on the next segment. Uh, we um, we don't know we're going to get in third segment, but I do want to talk a little bit more about Jeremy Landon and and we'll we'll carry Clancy's corner over to the third segment as well. Uh, I do want to talk about some football? You know, Randy Moss is coming back. Uh, or wants to come. Wants back. to come back. Wants to, he could come back. This guy. I want to play in the NFL too. I think I have a better chance than him. Well, you have to be in and play and come back. See, he was in. Remember, Randy Moss never been hit hard or got hurt from a from a violent hit because he took eighty percent of the plays off. Kwamalas <laughs> <laughs> Sports Talk. We be back uh, in the third segment. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. We're going to talk right through this right here. We're going to get back into You know, we were talking to Clancy Corner and, and Jeremy Lin and the excitement he has, whether it's the productions he's putting on the field, on the court, or the or the media hype. And I think it's a little bit of everything. Now, like we were talking, if I'm part of the media and all I have, I don't have any responsibility of putting him on the court to play, you know, I'm going to hype him up as much as I can. The same thing everyone did with Tim Tebow. There were guys in the league... <clears throat> Tim Tebow got more hype than uh, Alex Smith, who had the winning team, who was doing things uh, over there, who got more hype than... Aaron uh, Rodgers when they were undefeated. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, but undefeated. if you can pump this guy up, if you can hype this guy, you got to think about the marketing part of it, the, the TV money, the, the jersey selling. More people benefit off of you than you do yourself. And that's why they don't like Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson. Uh, they don't like those guys who who's outspoken because, you know, the NFL. The things uh, Chad Johnson did when he was on the field, on the sideline, should not have been fine, should not have been, um, you know, he shouldn't take those penalties for it. But the NFL don't want you to market yourself. They want to be able to market and control your dollars, their dollars off of you. Right. And that's the problem with uh you know, you got a lot of outspoken guys and somebody from the outside looking in and say, why this guy's a nuisance? Why is he doing all this nonsense stuff? Well, if you can market yourself, when you get done with football, they're going to release and cut you. They're going to release and sign you whenever they want to. Well, market yourself so when you're done, you still have some, you're still relevant outside of football. Yeah, and I mean, I think that whoever was sponsoring him, whenever he did the uh, the cape with the Hall of Fame, whatever yeah, year it was, I, I don't he think made so much money. I'm sure the sponsorship, people don't make money in their sport to make money with the sponsorships. Let me talk to the Hall of Fame guys, and if they had a problem with it, then I got a problem with it. Yeah. But that's the Hall of Fame. I'm not a Hall of Famer, uh, per se. But, uh, <laughs> but this guys, is, the Hall of Fame is a it's becoming somewhat. I think the guys that get in are the guys that get in. They 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 pretty much. I mean, they they're in. They are Hall mm-hmm. of Fame guys. I have a problem with the voting of it. I have a problem with Tim Brown not being in or Andre Reid. I have a problem with those guys. Larry Sanders not being in it. Mm-hmm. You and and the problem I have with it is as time go on, then these numbers get extorted and saying this guy didn't do what he did at the highest level when he was playing. Now you got there's no true. I'm talking Larry Sanders now. There's no true fullback in the game that can. Block, come out the backfield and catch the ball and make linebackers miss. No, all you're doing is blocking now and getting maybe a um, one-yard run. Who do you think the last one was? Like Lorenzo Neal? Lorenzo Neal. Or when they go back all the way Lorenzo back to Neal. Johnson? Lorenzo Neal. J- when they go Johnson. all the way back there? Like you, who else, who you else can. in recent history? You can. You can I mean, go back to Daryl Johnson, but Lorenzo Neal is a Hall of Famer. Oh, he, oh he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, but he's so beat up now, you know, you can, he might be Earl Campbell in about five more I years. I saw him. Uh, at a bar in San Diego a long time ago, and I was living there. Yeah, he's two of you me standing me side shoulder to shoulder. He's a little. He's you like watch a, a He Man. What's the uh, Ram with the little, the little short, um, the little guy, stocky guy with just all he got is uh, shoulders and head, no I, neck. I don't know. That's Lorenzo Neal. You yeah, watch He Man. Oh no, He Man. You wasn't born when He Man was out. Gray scope and all that stuff. I watch Rugrats. Okay, I think you will. You probably <laughs> still watch him too. Uh, but but Lorenzo Neal, those those Hall of Fame guys, I don't have a problem with that. But the NFL, if they can't market you, they don't want you to market yourself, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Now I'm a marketer guy. Well, the like NBA is a little bit more, no, a little no, more not. lenient. No, this, well, yeah, 
Because then you got you got to go to David Stern and say, well, how much is this making as opposed to Roger Goodell? This guy's making twenty million dollars. I've never seen him catch the football. You see what Roddy White said about him? What did he say? Roddy White said, uh, "How in the hell can you pay a man this much money that can't run tackle or catch?" That's exactly what I just said. But yeah. you know what? I can give you twenty million dollars if you marketing if you doing what you're supposed to do for the National Football League. But when you finding guys hundred thousand dollars and then you getting twenty, when you taking money out the NFL uh, these players' pocket because how you designed the game and created the game and how you exposed the game, and now these guys go out there and do exactly that thing, and then you find them for it. I got a problem. I got a problem with that. And then when they dump their career, they can't even get line of duty. They can't get workman's comp because you take them through hoops, and that's more so the NFL and lawyers uh, doing this, doing these things. When you come into the National Football League, your, your, your Social Security is signed up to a huge a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, but they make you go through hoops to get it. Sure. That's your money. You make it leave what it is. That money is there for you anyway. But they don't want. They don't tell you about it. They don't. Um, they don't do anything as far as you should. This is what you own to. They don't have any seminars about it and stuff like that. So now when we talk about it, you see all these lawsuits. Everybody go crazy because these guys. Okay, now this guy played in the sixties. He don't have any money. Well, that guy in the sixties made the lead what it is today. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't agree with what I'm about to say. But it. Then why are you saying it? It because it's the truth. Go. The NFL over any other professional uh, sports conglomeration is a, a boss employee league. They make you realize that you're an employee of the league, which I don't agree with. But do you understand what I'm saying? I, I hear you. Like, the same thing. If you want to get your Social Security or your pension oh, or whatever, you got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. That's the only thing. Like the NBA, you're gonna get paid no matter what. It's a <laughs> it, it it's like it's like a sales job. You work it, it on your uh, on your uh, on your numbers, your numbers get you paid. Right. In the NFL. Stats and all that. Stats or your sales numbers in a sales job. It gets you paid. Otherwise, well, you're not going to get paid. It's crazy because. Most of it's commission. I wouldn't play the game the way I played it if uh, if uh, Ronnie Lott didn't play it the way he played it. Yeah. No, I no, no. And I agree. I mean, it's all about it's all about the foundation of the guys in the 60s and 70s yeah, that made it what it is today. Absolutely. Bill Bates, Kenny Easley, Ronnie Lott. Uh, th- those guys, those. Man, I Ronnie Lott wouldn't be allowed in the league this now. Or uh, who's, uh, who's the dirtiest man in football? He played safety. Uh, not what's his name? Uh, he played with the Green Bay Packers. He was he would destroy people. He was on Sports Illustrated, the dirtiest man in football, the hardest hit man in football. Football should ban him. He he actually said that. But he played the game the way they exposed the game. They they, I've had a big hit. I got I got fined seventy five hundred dollars for a hit that was not my fault. Now if it was my fault. I would say my intentions was to destroy this guy. I never went to the football game. <laughs> I go into games trying to break you, break you down. Where by the fourth quarter, it's all me against you now, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna win. But when you get fined for something that you was taught to do, and then that's seventy five hundred dollars, and then you go watch NFL films and you see that same hit, and you see little kids going ooh and ahs and stuff like that. Why are you showing them these big hits? Why are you showing them stuff like this, helmet to helmet? You got a helmet on because you can't keep your head out of tackle. You're not if, as long as you and I, I will say this: if you don't lead with your helmet, it's a good hit. Some yeah, guys leave but that. Out. That's the rule, right? That's the rule, but it's not. Some guys hit helmets and helmets because the receiver duck. I'm already zeroed in at your chest or your waist or whatever, whatever part of body I can get to, but not with my head down. I saw everything I hit, for the most part. Well, but I'm not gonna find you because I, we just 
mistakenly hit helmets. That's what the helmets for. Right, but the image, the image of the NFL, they're trying to keep intact. So remember, oh, uh, what's okay. his name? Kevin, Kevin Burnett, the, the 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 rookie from the Bills who got paralyzed. Yeah. yeah. Well, that ended up being able to walk. Uh-huh. They wanted to keep that to never happen again. So they mold the. So they're trying to keep the players. Uh, the players safe, and unfortunately, they're trying to keep the quarterback safer than anybody because they're, you know, the nucleus of any franchise. I don't like how the quarterback is being babied in National Football League. They well, are, that's why all the numbers are ballooned. If I was Joe Montana, I'd be pissed. That's what I, you know. What exactly? Or you know, because he used to take hits. Everybody Fran, used to take it. Fran Tarkenton was scrambling for his life. If the if he played in today's football league where the quarterback can't be tough, you can't even walk, run past the quarterback and shoulder hit him because your momentum take you past that. Mm-hmm. How? You, the NFL commissioners and the people at the top are so stupid. Put more guys in the league. Now, Merton Hanks in there. I think Merton Hanks is one of the guys who watch these hits in films, and you see these guys getting getting fined for momentum, taking them past the quarterback and brushing them off. Now, if it's intentional, you can see that. You can see a guy trying to pull off, but his body weight, 300-something pounds, 285 pounds. Yeah, like Carson Palmer. That's where right. it started in the playoffs. That's where he crushed his knee. And then Tom Brady is more famous and prettier, so it was a Tom Brady rule after that. Keep my quarterbacks in the lead, then the lead is more marketable. That's sure, why. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's all you, money. Do you agree with Peyton Manning coming back? Uh, well, he's had three neck surgeries. On he had three neck surgeries. Now, he wants to come back because he wants him. to win again. And how many quarterbacks, first of all, have won two uh, under 20? And how many quarterbacks have left after winning? John Elway. Uh, left after winning. Yeah, I think he in recent history. Years. Who else? He he can play two years, but he's not going to be able to go to a team right now that will win a Super Bowl. Who? Peyton Manning. Yeah, he could go. People are talking about the Jets. Fine, they're not going to win. They're the old. Not they're gonna not going to win. Gonna win. Coach talk too much. Miami. Coach. Miami's not going to win. I, I don't say that. Miami, you can win with defense. You, the offense going to get you there. But I would go win. to the Cardinals before I went to Miami. Were you? Absolutely. If you Peyton Manning. Absolutely. You have a young secondary. You have you have a killer. You have a you have a killer. Uh, uh, Patrick Peterson. Now, I'm biased with the. I'm biased. So now, if you're asking me, I'm biased. I can't but, but look, look I at the makeup of my, the team. But you, I can't in my mind separate not going to the Cardinals once I've been here and, and understand. No, I understand. But Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with no defense once, and he, with no run game once. If you have Beanie Wells, who had a, who had a career year last year, you have Fitzgerald. Maybe you bring Reggie Wayne in with Peyton Manning. Obviously, they have everything they need yeah. for Peyton Manning. Yeah. So that's it. So he could blow the roof off, right? But this this league, you could win offensively. Look at look at uh, New Orleans. You know, look at Green Bay. The Giants won with defense. Yeah, but that was that was because I think it was the I think it was the matchup. I really think it was well, the that's matchup. What, that's what football is: is a game of matchup. I'm like, you can have. Uh, ten studs on that offense or on that defense. I'm looking for that weak link. If I'm a coach, offensive coordinator or head coach, I'm looking for that weak link and I'm expose you. You know that's what Eli. Eli's coming into his own where he can find a matchup and find it to expose one of those guys. And that's the main reason why Peyton wants to come back. He won't tell anybody. It's not the money because he's got more than he's got more than anybody. It's because his little brother has more Super Bowls than he does, I mean, and he's not going to go brother, out because because the doctors tell him not to play. That's why he's going to come back. Everybody wants to be able to control their own destiny, but if you got to make sense out of your uh, your life, you got kids and you have three neck surgeries. That neck is a huge part of everything that takes place in your body, your spine and your limbs. Uh, if if my brother, my younger brother, and I'm talking about me, and I and I don't know Peyton Manning's thought process on this, if that's what it is. If my brother had three Super Bowl rings and I had none, I can retire with no problem. I can look at his Super Bowl rings. That's, I mean, if, if I played when I played at the highest level and I left everything out on the field when I did, I'm satisfied. I would love to have a Super Bowl ring. I would love to win to the playoffs more times than I have. But 
I, if I left everything on the field, I don't have an issue with it. I can live and sleep at night. With he that. could never be looked at as a top five quarterback ever if his, if, if his brother has more Super Bowls than him. You know what? They make because so nobody <laughs> remembers numbers. They remember Super Bowls. Partly true, but they, you know what, Peyton Manning, they make right now today. They make so they throwing him in the top five. I just don't see him in the top five right well, now. Because he broke every regular season record known to man. He has forty records as I talked about last week. So Drew Brees in the top five. How you do the top five when this is a passing league? There's no running game now. You got those guys who uh, uh, that should be. In, let's let's go Brett Favre, Joe Montana, Roger Staubach. We can name a whole bunch of guys and say you telling me these guys are not in the top five. Uh, Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. It's so many quarterbacks that how you not put them in the top five, but we talk about Peyton Manning is, oh, this guy's smart. He did this. He did it in Indianapolis when there was there's not a market out there, but he takes that team, uh, re, uh, revise that team to and take them to the Super Bowl, and they go twice, and they look at him like he's the guy. He's the quarterback. So, yeah, it's a quarterback lead now. That's why we, when I was talking about full, fullbacks, Larry Sinners, it's not a, the fullbacks are no – It's not a glory position. Yeah, you know that going into it. So, uh, yeah, if I'm a um, – if I'm Peyton Manning and I want to come back for the glory of the game or to, to be recognized in the top five, he got an uphill battle to do. He, right. Even if he win another Super Bowl, how you put him in front of some of those guys who already have three or more? Well, even look at this. Look at Tom Brady. Nobody's going to remember that they should have lost to Oakland. Little Jeremy Friedland, uh, shout out there, with, with, the, uh, with the tuck rule. Adam Vinatieri kicked so many clutch kicks in those three years that they won. Nobody's going to remember that. They remember Tom Brady's a quarterback, New England Patriots is the winner. And the Giants, Peyton Manning does not want to go down with only one. So he will go, if he's smart, he'll go to Arizona. I really think, I'm not biased at all, I think with that offensive makeup, they could score a lot of points. I don't think and about... Adrian Wilson, did you, Adrian Wilson <clears throat> played the most snaps out of anybody on the defense in the league this year, eleven hundred thirty-five. Adrian Wilson's a baller. He don't come out of the and game. And he's a veteran. He's you a- want to talk about? Uh, we gotta take. We gotta take a break. But you know what? Adrian Wilson. You bring up his name. A lot of people thought he fell off last year. Nobody knows this guy was playing with abdominal terror right. last year, and he stays on the field. Right. He's just a baller now. Playing that many plays, I think that's you know that's just who he's always been. And he's playing with all all these young pups. You think right. they're not looking up to him? They have to. That defense, that defense cannot only but get cannot do anything but get better. Quam last sports talk. We gonna come back in the last segment. We're going to stay on football. We're going to talk, uh, let's get in some Randy Moss. No, I can't wait. Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. Can't wait. I picked Tio all day. You are drunk. We'll be back in uh, for the last segment. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Four. A little different with the two words, huh? This is our last segment. You want to call in 888-346-9144. That's really not my sexy voice. That's more of my salsa dancing type thing, a slow motion salsa dancing. Never put you as a salsa dancer. You must don't. You want me to show you some video? No, I've already seen it. Oh, okay. Well, then look. 15 seconds. Turn it off. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> hey, um, we were talking about the uh, Peyton Manning, really, about this legacy. And uh, off the air, we were talking about Dan Marino. He did play in the Super Bowl. He didn't win the Super Bowl. At that time, who was better than him? Or who was the best quarterback? That was him. That's when he was breaking a record. Mark Clayton, Mark Duper had this two receiver. He had uh, uh, in the backfield, he had, um, what's the guy who got busted for drugs? Did he have Ernest Biner? Ernest Biner? Later on. Later on. But, later on. But, God, what's his, uh, shoot, it's on the tip of my brain. It's falling off. Everything on the tip of my brain falls off. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what about uh, the receivers? That's out right now that wants to come back. A lot of them. Well, there's a lot of free agent receivers. Yeah. Oh, they want to come back where? To <laughs> well, their I'm teams? I'm talking about like Terrell Owens and uh, oh, Randy Moss. Yeah. Who would you mm-hmm. take first? I'm, I personally would take Randy Moss because Terrell Owens has been hit. Terrell Owens has done things outside of football where he's hurt himself, um, allegedly, with his acting and modeling and stuff. Has TV shows. That has nothing to do with it. That's just one of the things we talked about earlier in the segment mm-hmm. of marketing yourself. But when you... And when you making movies and doing films and you hurt your ankle or stuff like that, and then you try to come back to football and play. Now, he's one of the best NFL bodies and he can heal quick. He's a freak. He's a, yeah. He's, he's 38 he's or something, right? He's 38. He's no, a freak. He's I think he's 37. Don't put another number on him. 38. Unless you're giving him another catch. But uh, Randy Moss is 35, who's never, and you're right, he's taking plays off, so he's still healthy. He's never been hit hard across the middle where you had to take him off the field or he comes off the field after that hit. He's never been seriously injured. The, the only problem I have with Randy, Randy Moss is you can't play when you want to play when you got He's two other cancer. guys going. He's a cancer. You think so? Yeah, I no, think here's, he didn't retire last year. Nobody wanted to sign him. So why would anybody want to say, oh, I'm coming back? Well, that's because of that nonsense. Yeah, it's true, you're right. But that, that's also the nonsense he did when he left New England. He went to Minnesota. And then two days later, he went to Tennessee and then Minnesota. I think he went to Tennessee. I think he went to uh, Minnesota. Two days later, he, later he's in Tennessee. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, anyway, I take that guy before I take Terrell Owens. And I, I like Terrell. I'm a Terrell Owens fan. Terrell I, Owens is a freak. He always has been. He's always been just a, a, a physical freak. He's always been able. He's always gone across the middle. Yeah. He's not afraid. Like he Randy won't, Moss. He catch. Terrell dropped more balls than he's caught. Okay, but. Randy Moss, as you said, we alluded to before, he takes plays off. That will never change. If it hasn't changed in however many years he's been I, in the I NFL, it, I don't think it's it never going to change. Terrell Owens broke his leg, came back six weeks later, played in the Super Bowl. Bowl. Okay, so I don't think I don't really worry about what Terrell Owens uh, can do with his body that he has now. He okay. L- let's look at Plasco Burst. Last year, same same type of player. Okay, deep ball threat, lost some lost some speed. Plasco yeah, Burris had 40, 45 catches, 600 yards, 8 touchdowns, 3 of which were in the same game, and he had 15 yards receiving in that game with the 3 touchdowns. So that's that's a little misleading. This didn't work. Plaxico? Granted, his quarterback sucks, okay. so maybe that's why, but Randy Moss would have to go to a perfect situation with a coach like Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. somebody like that. I no, no, I'm not saying he, he won't go back there, but I'm saying like maybe if a Bill Cower was back in the league or something, somebody that would not take any BS from him. What about him, St. Louis? Why would you want to go there? Why not? 
you got the you got everything in place in St. Louis. You talking about the Cardinals and their defense, their young secondary? They got everything in place. And Peyton Manning going to Arizona as opposed to Miami. Why why not? Um, Randy Moss. Larry Fitzgerald better than Brandon Lloyd. Uh, Beanie Wells. Okay, I'm it not, will I'm, be better than Steven no, no, Jackson. I'm talking about Randy Moss going to St. Louis. Right. They got a quarterback in place over there. Uh, they have uh, they bought Brandon Lloyd in from Denver. Uh, they have Steven Jackson who's. Who came up, came back on strong? Yeah, yeah, no, he did last year. Now put now put Randy Moss on the other side of uh, Brandon Lord. Now you got a slot guy over there. Now you Amendola. Put then put, put now you tell me that offense doesn't work. I'm I'm telling you the offense works better with uh, Justin Blackman from Oklahoma State that they're going to draft. Well, I like that too. I like because you get a younger guy and you're getting a, you're probably getting the same guys. Randy I think Moss. that's I mean because they get they get the number two pick right. So yeah. they're going to take. I and think take, either that or they got to take a left tackle. They got to so, take a left tackle because you got to protect your quarterback. Yeah. And you gotta pay this guy because he's number. like a glass figurine. If he gets touched, he gets injured. Yeah, what I'm taking. Um, I, I like Randy Moss in this situation as far as Terrell Owens. Terrell, I'm, I didn't. Only thing bad about Terrell Owens is he go across the middle. You mentioned that, but he drops balls. Yeah, but look at 2010. He overshadowed Ocho Cinco in Cincinnati. He was their number one receiver Ocho when Chad Ocho Cinco had been there for you know ten, however many years. To comes in one year, boom! I'm the number one. I'm the number one option. Well, I'm going. I'm throwing to the guy. The reason they didn't have success in there and they had those two dynamic receivers is because the quarterback didn't take control of that team. Yeah. Didn't take control of that team at all. He let those guys do whatever he wanted to. When you're a quarterback in the National Football League, uh, for example, the guy in uh, Mark Sanchez for the Jets, Ugh. take control of that team. Why you stop? You're trying to be a part of the team. That is your team. Take control of your business or that offense is never going to move. He's been overhyped ever since he was at USC. I always thought they drafted him too high. He never had that great in numbers. He had a great offensive line, a, a number one defense in the country. That's why he was good. It's a, it's a Matt Leonard effect. I don't know why they put this kid on a pedestal when he's obviously not even a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Because I think the wins he had coming in. But you got you to gotta remember, you don't that New York Jets team... It's all predicated on defense. Defense, yeah. So why not take control of that team offense and let those guys follow you? Now you got a whole another weight on your shoulder where you have to perform. You have to make the right calls. Brian Schottenheimer is gone, so now the ball may go a little deeper than it has been. The only time I seen Mark Sanchez throw deep is in his desperate situations, mm-hmm. and he's looking for a pass interference mm-hmm. instead and of throwing a duck. Yeah, he has no. He has well, no that, okay, then that's a lot of free agent. Um, Receivers out there. Philadelphia has one. Uh, Drew Brees is a uh, free agent. Uh, he ain't going nowhere. They'd be crazy. Uh, and I, I don't think Drew Brees will argue with the franchise no. tag, but I believe Deshaun Jackson will. You, uh, Deshaun Jackson's been your guy for as many as years. You he haven't won anything, though. He's been your guy to go to. Yeah, he hasn't won because you can't. Owners can find a way to make players unhappy when you start playing. There's two things you play for. Championships and t- money. And money, right. Yeah. Money's usually first. Depending on the team that you're on, not it is. Guy. I came in uh, Arizona, and I had guys like Clyde Simmons, Seth Joyner, um, Egg Hill. I had veteran guys, Aeneas Williams. We were trying to win football games. Mm-hmm. When you win football games, everything else takes care of itself. Uh, of course you want the money because you see guys around you getting paid who you didn't think should get paid, who didn't contribute to the team. But you you got to stay focused in what you're doing. We go back to the Phil Mickelson. It's not your time yet. Keep keep grinding it out, win some football games, and everybody get paid. Now, here's where the owners mess things up. They bring guys in who can't play and pay these guys. So now you're like, oh, my God, you franchise me or you franchise whomever. Yeah. And then you don't sign. When you franchise a guy, you think, okay, we're going to work out a deal. You're going to get a contract. 
uh, not just to use it for a weapon. Carlos Dansby was franchised twice. I don't think he should be able to, fr- be, able to be franchised twice just to keep you a guy and not pay him. So, and we got a minute left. Free agents, you have Marcus Colston, Vincent Jackson, Stay. Reggie Wayne. Uh, Vincent Jackson Marcus Colston's going to stay. He, Vincent Jackson franchised. I don't think they're just... They get I, rid of him, then what? Then AJ, give, AJ's give him back a contract. To, get, oh, yeah, they got to give him a contract. Well, you can but franchise Reggie him and Wayne, take it off. It'd be really interesting if Reggie Wayne goes as holds hands with holds hands with Peyton Manning and goes with him because Reggie Wayne's thirty three, but he will make any receiving core better. Yeah. As even a third, is even a third down back or the, or the second option. He definitely will make. I, he I still think, has the chops. He didn't have a quarterback last year to throw him the ball. I don't think Reggie Wayne is done. I agree. I think he can go anywhere. I don't know. If Peyton Manning is coming to Arizona, there's no way he can come to Arizona. Why not? They have enough receivers. <laughs> they have enough receivers. They have Andre there. Roberts and Larry Fitzgerald, and the only guy that I and would keep her, get rid of him. Early well, Doucette's garbage. Well, that's why they got rid of Anquan, because they thought Early Doucette was going to be Anquan. But still, I, I'm going to use my time to, to – these guys going to step up and play. I don't, I don't oh, mean garbage. A he, had a, he had a couple of good games last year, but I would take I Reggie Wayne over him any second the I think the National Football League is garbage. I think you got to you – know, I think you of course, need to hold your own. It's all – it's it's all on a scale. Yeah. It's, all, it's all on a curve. We're, well, we're going to take it. You know what we got to do? We got to leave. Yes, we do. That's unfortunate. Hey, thanks for joining Quam Live Sports Talk. Thanks, uh, Alex Clancy. Deb Debris will be back Missy next Deb. week. Uh, tomorrow's her birthday, so. Happy birthday, Deb. And Cindy Liska, <laughs> who was in the studio, chimed in here and there. She's a little nervous about the mic. Big things. Hey, we'll get to that another time. <laughs> hey, this is Quam Live Sports Talk. We'll check out uh, Clancy's Corner or at Twitter, something like that. Such a good show. Yeah. Cool. I know, we're not even trying. Fired today. <laughs> Who will get fired? You, please fire me. You guys were on fire today. Oh, yeah, please fire me. I got uh, things lined up. Hey, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for going. Check out the fan page. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.